Hey guys, Raw Motivation is coming back here. Just want to talk to you real quick about rules of engagement with narcissists. And specifically, we're talking about the family and the family profile, the family systems. If you watched the video earlier today, it was about the narcissistic family profile and the how it works out with repressed needs, hidden dysfunction, perfect parents, and denial and secrecy and how the narcissist family system wants to keep that wants to keep that mask up, not just for the narcissist, but for the entire family of, hey, we will look this way. We will be this way. And as you realize that, you're like, hey, at, in, in order to be this way, you have to fall under our guidelines. You have to fall under our rules. You have to fall under these rules of engagement. And that's what we're going to go over here today. So if you haven't known, just a reminder, we're going over The Narcissist in Your Life by Julie Hall. And today we're looking at the 15 rules of engagement. 15. Yep. So number one, the narcissist is always right. This is the first rule that governs everyone's behavior. Anything less than full acceptance of the dominant narcissist's inherent correctness about all things is treason. The narcissist is always right. They want you to believe that. They want you to understand that. And whether they care or not, you just have to conform to it. So if you're brought up in a narcissistic household or if you're in a narcissistic household, if you're not conforming to what they want, it's almost like you're alienated to them. That's where the punishment comes out. Maybe the silent treatment, maybe the abuse. But the first rule of engagement with this narcissistic family is the narcissist is always right. Number two, there must be someone to blame for the problems. If something bad happens, we're talking about from a lost job to a spilled glass of milk, someone must be blamed for it. And that person will never be the narcissist. The narcissist is not going to take blame for anything in the relationship. It's always going to be someone else. It's going to be their boss, their coworker, you know, their friends, their family, their upbringing, their kids, their wife, their husband, whatever it is. They're always going to blame another person and never take accountability. That's part of the rules of engagement for a narcissistic family. Number three, vulnerability is dangerous. Whether you missed the joke, dropped your fork, or had a hard day, showing vulnerability opens you up to attack. Because in you're in that familial system, you understand, hey, if I show vulnerability to my narcissistic parent, to my narcissistic sibling, whatever it might be, if I show vulnerability, that means I might get attacked, that they're going to come after me. And it's hard because that's the same thing that the narcissist avoids and doesn't want to have. But they'll play off of another person's vulnerabilities. They'll play off another person's insecurities to be able to gain control, to be able to gain dominance over that other person and to keep the mask afloat. Number four, mistakes are shameful. Make a mistake, even a harmless one, is cause for humiliation and shaming treatment. Oftentimes in this narcissistic personality household, you'll have the narcissist that will shame and humiliate other people for doing things, for making mistakes, for messing up, for having small things that happen. And they do that so they can degrade the other person, one, so they can feel better about themselves, and two, so they can elevate themselves in the parent-teacher role, the teacher-student role, so they can say, hey, this is what you did wrong. Like, you're an idiot for this because of this. And they'll put everything down. They'll blame everybody, put everybody down for making mistakes and try to humiliate them to keep that control. Number five, you must take sides. Just as there is always blame and shame, there's always sides. And if you aren't on the narcissist side, you're wrong and you'll lose. Many people realize this when they try to get into an argument with a narcissist, when they try to you know, get into a place where they're engaging with them of like trying to convince them of a certain point or a certain topic. 
And they realize like, this is never going to happen. Like we're never going to get through this person because they're always gonna change the rules of engagement. They're always gonna change what they're saying. They're always gonna go from being the attacker to the abuser to the victim and you're never gonna get anywhere. But you have to take sides. If you don't take sides, then they're gonna come after you. Rules of engagement number six, there's never enough love slash respect to go around. Renewable resources and healthy families, love and respect are limited to the narcissist and whoever else is deemed worthy, usually the golden child. Respect for one person means disrespect for another. The narcissist oftentimes is like living in absolutes and so they're only going to give respect one to themselves of like, hey, everybody needs to respect me and then possibly to another person, like it says the golden child, but then it's not like there's enough to go around. It's like, oh, like I can't give that. Like that's not something for me to give. Like you just have to respect me. Like you have to respect what I'm doing or my decisions or my job or whatever it might be, but that respect is like automatic of like, hey, this is what I have to have. Why aren't you giving me this respect? That sense of entitlement. But the idea that there's never enough to go around. It's not like they give respect to each individual person. It's like maybe one. But otherwise, it all has to come back to me, to the narcissist. That ego, that entitlement. Number seven, feelings are wrong. The feelings that make us human, that helps us connect, get our needs met, and protects us from harm are selfish and must be repressed. This is only room for the narcissist's feelings and everyone else must set theirs aside to validate and cater to them. This is a big one in a lot of families. This is a big one in my life. Because growing up, like I got to a place like in therapy where I got to the place where I was like, wait a second, like emotions and feelings like they're not like wrong or right like specifically i was talking about like emotions actually in that in that point but like i asked my therapist and like it was like a a light bulb turned on i was like wait a second like there's not good and bad emotions she was like no like those are your emotions like you're allowed to have emotions it's what you do with them after that that that's what could be good or bad but like having those emotions doesn't mean you're a good or a bad person like i thought that was the case i thought like these are good emotions these are bad emotions like we just don't feel those we don't connect with those like it was like this whole like back and forth thing and i never connected to the idea of like hey good and bad emotions like no they're just emotions like they're just like how you feel like what's triggered when this happens like it's just an emotion but in a narcissistic household it says you can't do that you can't connect with others because those are going to be selfish. They have to be repressed. You can't show those feelings and those emotions. There's only enough room for the narcissist feelings. Everyone else has to set those aside. Number eight, only one side of an argument is valid. Only the narcissist's opinion is acceptable and disagreements with it is not tolerated. Narcissists have very much black and white thinking. So like for me, like arguing with my wife, it's like there's either my way or there's no way. Like there's not like there's another opinion, but it's not like both those opinions are on the same level. It's my opinions up here. Your opinion doesn't exist because my opinion is the only right answer. And oftentimes I tell myself it's just because I've thought through all the examples, I've thought through all the stuff. And a lot of times with an analytical mindset, I would be right a lot of times, which didn't help the situation. It would just make me worse because I'd be like, see, told you so. I was right. Or sometimes it'd be self-sabotaging of like, I'm right and I'm going to prove to you that your way is wrong while I sabotage the way that you're trying to describe. 
But in the narcissist aspect, that all it is, is my argument is the only one valid. Nobody else, no, nothing else matters. Number nine, appearances are more important than substance. Even if everyone is suffering, they must smile for the family photo. It's so true. And you see so many people that are in abusive relationships, whether that's domestic violence or whether that's narcissistic abuse or whatever it might be, they're in abusive relationships and they have to take those photos and smile and fake a smile because the person says, hey, you have to look this way. You have to be this way. Like there's, there's not another option. So as a kid growing up, maybe you're in a place where you're like, hey, this doesn't feel safe, but hey, go ahead and smile because we have to be a certain way to other people. No one is forgiven. Mistakes and weaknesses, even ones we apologize for, are causes for mockery and condemnation that may continue for years. Being with a narcissist, whether that's a remote romantic relationship, whether that's a friendship, a brother, sister, anything in that family dynamic, the rules of engagement of, like, don't make a mistake because you're going to get humiliated and shame like we talked earlier. But then even with that, there's not going to be forgiveness and it's always going to get brought back up. It's going to be something that's brought up years down the road. That's brought up as a way to demean and to shame someone else of saying, like, remember when you did that? Like, you were a big idiot whenever you did that. That's the nice version. Number 11, rage is normalized. Everyone is expected to swallow and endure the narcissist's irrational, explosive, and often violent rage. This may be uh, magnified by other forms of mental illness or addiction. A lot of times that rage that happens in the narcissistic household, that's normal. And the problem is when kids go through that and they start to understand like, hey, this is how dad expresses emotion. This is how mom responds to conflict and all these different things that happen. They go out into the world, they get with someone else and they're like, oh, like this person interacts the same way. This must be okay. This must be how the world works. It's not. But the problem is that rage gets to a place where it feels normal. It feels like this is that connection point. This is love. This is what a parent does. Number 12, self-control is required. Only the narcissist has free reign to express feelings, have emotional reactions, and make demands. Everyone else, except perhaps the golden child, must line up, shut up, and follow orders or suffer the consequences. The rules of engagement is you have to contain yourself because no matter what the narcissist does, they can do whatever they want. If you don't contain yourself, you're out of line. Then the narcissist will come for you. Number 13, there must be a scapegoat. Just as there must be just as there must be blame, someone must be sacrificed to bear the, man, the main burden of the narcissist's projected self-loathing and the family's frustrations and unhappiness. There's got to be some place to put the blame. That's why you see in the narcissistic cycle where they have guilt and shame and then they blame it and they try to blame it on anyone. The problem is when they run out of people to blame or the blame doesn't actually stick or it doesn't seem to solve the problem, then they switch to that rage. But they're always looking for someone to blame. If there's someone in the relationship, that's the scapegoat. If it's one of the kids or the spouse, that's the scapegoat. That's perfect because then they can put all the blame on that person. And then when that person leaves out of the fam family dynamic, a lot of times it falls apart because then who's next to blame? Other people start saying like, whoa, it switched and now the next person's to blame. There must be a scapegoat. Number 14, denial is rampant. Denial of abusive incidences, the atmosphere of fear, the ongoing mistreatment of the scapegoat, and the routine forms of neglect is required to uphold the narcissist's delusions and maintain the family dysfunction. They're going to deny what's going on so much that you start believing that it's not going on. Like gaslighting. So much so that you're like, this is loving. This is okay. 
when in reality it's not. Number 15, there is no safety. Although the scapegoat is targeted with the brute of the family abusive, with the family abuse, everyone is on hyper alert because no one is safe from blame and rage. Did that happen to you in your relationship, in your childhood, in your growing up, that there is no aspect of safety? Because out there when I'm talking with people on one on one, sometimes I have to pause and like be like, hey, like it's okay. Like this is a safe environment for you to talk because they've been brought up in systems that there was no safety, that they weren't seen, that they weren't heard, and as a result, they don't know how to express themselves to work through the problems, to work through the pain, because it's too dangerous. If you've brought if you've been brought up in a family system like that where there hasn't been safety or a way to express feelings, emotions, to be able to work through that, reach out. Whether that's to me, whether it's to a therapist, whether it's another coach, like I don't care. Like reach out because you need that help to be able to process that and work through because you can have safety. But it's so hard to be able to get when you've had it ripped away early on in your childhood. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. I love interacting with different people. If you're interested, reach out to me sometime through my website, Raw Motivations. Would love to interact with you. Either send us a message there, uh, schedule one-on-one so I can talk to you and try to work with you through whatever whatever you're going through on life. You know, Whether that's a relationship, uh, narcissism, uh, whether that's just life trying to get from one step to the other and trying to figure out how do I break out of this mind fog of what's going on. Would love to talk to you more. We'd love to see you guys reach out and comment and like on different things. We've got Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We'd love to see interactions there. And as you're listening to this, like, go ahead and rate us. Give us a couple of ratings just to help promote this message to other people so other people can have positivity in their lives as we're trying to grow, change, and help other people find that awareness as well.